is my podcast, Widow Me This. This podcast is about several things, really. First off being that I am a young, quote-unquote, widow at the age of 40. Um, I was widowed due to COVID. I was widowed after only nine months of being married. And this podcast is just a way for me to talk about my grief and my healing and how you even try to get back into some semblance of a life after your loved one dies. So I'll talk about a lot of different things with grief that I've run into, things that I think a lot of people can relate to, and hope that this is something that will be good for me as well, a way for me to talk out the things that I'm feeling and going through. That being said, today is December 14th. It's almost the end of the day. And two years ago was when Brian left the house for the last time in an ambulance. And I try so hard not to remember this date. I don't want dates to be seared into my mind and my memory. But it just happens. And sometimes they fade. Like, I don't remember so many of the dates with my dad's death and when he was in the hospital, which I'm thankful for. I don't want to be reminded. And so maybe one day these dates will fade too. But December 14th, it's just an awful day. Started out trying to help Brian, watching his pulse ox just go down below 90 being scared, him being stubborn, me sitting exactly where I'm sitting right now, which is in the chair in our bedroom, talking to his brother and telling him what's going on and how Brian didn't want to go to the hospital. And his brother convinced him to go because I was hurting and Brian shouldn't make me hurt. And that's the type of guy Brian was. He just always put me first. I remember calling the ambulance after trying to get him ready, which was an unbelievably hard task for him to do. He was so weak. Um, You know, watching him walk downstairs and we sat down in the dining area on our couch and just sat there holding hands and it was just such a heavy feeling. I didn't want it to be real. I can't imagine how scared Brian was. He would never tell me, never show it. But when the ambulance arrived, as the paramedics suited up in basically biohazard gear, and Brian had to be outside waiting, they could not enter our house. All these things are happening and you just think it's so surreal. None of us, I'm sure, ever thought we'd live through a pandemic. And yet here all my worst fears were coming true, right there in the driveway of my house. And they packed Brian up to take him to the hospital. 
And as I'm standing in the street in front of the ambulance doors, he looks out to me and says, Be nice to Abby. And that haunts me because I've always loved Abby. I just get really annoyed at how she licks her paws all the time. And I've spent the last two years trying to make this dog feel better because Brian thought that I wouldn't be nice to her in his absence. She's laying here asleep, but I know she grieves for him too and misses him a lot. She tends to be nearby whenever she notices or senses that I'm I'm feeling pretty down. <sighs> so December 14th kicks off the worst two weeks of my life two years ago, and it just doesn't get easier. They say time will heal all wounds and help, but everybody grieves differently and everybody needs the space to go through it differently. I remember so many things about 2020 that led up to this. I remember going home from work right after we had gotten back from our honeymoon and being sent home with a laptop and sitting there on the couch next to Brian talking to my mom and telling her I was a little scared. And he asked me afterwards, are you really scared? And I said, well, yeah, for my mom, for your dad, it supposedly is worse for the elderly. I said, I don't necessarily worry about myself or you. Uh, we're not really in the demographic for that. And then I remember recording a podcast and saying how I didn't think masks were really effective or questioning what their effectiveness was, if they were really doing anything. What is the real best way to combat COVID and protect yourself? And having this debate with my friends and saying, well, only time will tell and we'll be able to look back and see who was right and who was wrong or who overreacted or who underreacted. And we're all going through that even to this day with vaccines and just the uh, aftermath on going COVID that's out there. And then I remember thinking, I'm just going to wear the mask. I'm going to do what I can to protect myself and other people. I'm going to disinfect my hands and spaces and things like that. And I go to the hospital and have foot surgery and I'm going through physical therapy and I'm hating working from home <laughs> come the fall. And Brian is thriving in it other than gaining more weight and smoking his vape, vaping, whatever, a lot. He was vaping so much. He even vaped after he started to have symptoms of COVID as well. And I honestly think that vaping was his biggest comorbidity, even though they say smoking and they don't mention vaping, but I just really think it had a huge impact. And yes, he was overweight, but he wasn't diabetic and he was young. And it just, it doesn't make sense. And as I'm the one who came down with COVID first right after Thanksgiving, I 
will always feel guilty about having given it to him. But you can't play the what-if game. It'll drive you nuts. And I know I've done that for the last two years. But it's just... I was the one that was leaving the house more than he was. And he took such good care of me after I got sick. And I remember staying in the other room. And he comes in and he asks me, Are you scared? And I said, No. No, not really. Because I wasn't feeling bad. My COVID symptoms were very mild. Um, Felt more like sinus pressure pain. And that's honestly what I thought it was. But I said, I'm, I'm a little worried about the turn. Everybody at that point was talking about you would get sick, then maybe feel a little bit better, and then you'd take a turn for the worse before you got truly better. And so I hadn't gotten to that worst point yet. So I was a little bit worried about that, but never happened. And then a few days into December and Brian starts having horrible headaches and it's all downhill from there. But those are the things I remember and why December 14th is burned into my mind because those whole nine months culminated into this final decision in a lot of ways. Wasn't final, final, but I will live with the regret of not making him go to the hospital sooner. He, we took him to the um, emergency room three days prior to that, and they didn't keep him. They sent him home with antibiotics and said, just take over-the-counter medicine because that's all you could really do. And had I pushed him to go sooner, I think, I hope, I don't know, (laughs) maybe he wouldn't have ended up dying. But then again, I also wonder, how did it change so rapidly in three days? What was his blood oxygen levels when we took him to the emergency room that first time? And how quickly they got bad? I think they just sent Brian home, and I honestly don't ever really want to investigate and find out, because I know it was just a shit show at the end of the day. I mean, we, the hospitals were overrun, there wasn't enough to go around, and yeah, I'm sure that they probably looked at Brian and saw this overweight man and gambled with his life, basically. You know, this guy's... Got some major comorbidities going. Do we waste the resource on him? (sighs) So I hate this time of year. And I wanted to record this on the day while I was still feeling these feelings. I don't remember where I was last year at this time. I don't remember much from Thanksgiving to New Year's from last year because it was all about survival of getting through the first year. And I just... I definitely feel like I'm in a better place this year. I've done a lot of work with therapy and trying to take care of myself, but it's still still a horrible feeling. It's horrible to climb into my bed knowing that two years ago Brian was laying there sick as a dog. There are plenty of nights when I don't fall asleep easily because... It's his bed and where he was. 
the last place he spent his time in this home. The one and only time Brian ever yelled at me was in our bedroom, him laying on the bed. It just brings up so many horrible memories. And I am so lucky that in the time that I was with Brian, I have so many good memories. And he made such a huge impact on my life. But to have these final memories and the reminders because of the calendar, it's rough. It's not easy. In two days, work is going to be having a lot of celebrations. And I am not going to partake in them. Because I don't feel like putting on a mask and being fake or phony. It's exhausting to be grieving this time of year. And I know there are lots of people that lose loved ones around the holidays and end up saying, I hate Christmas. I hate this time of year. My dad lost his grandfather right around Christmas. And so he always hated Christmas. So... It's just, I've just come to realize that rather than sucking it up and being merry because everyone else is happy around you and celebrating, you don't have to do that. You get to do whatever is best for you. Because at the end of the day, you take care of you. And especially if you've lost your spouse, they aren't there to help take care of you, to make you feel better and say everything will be okay. You need to be able to go home and still function. You need to still live your life. You still need to take care of things. I still need to take care of my dogs and cat. And they bring me such joy and warmth. And so if I was putting on a pretend merriment mask, that just means that I wouldn't have the energy for them at the end of the day. And I don't want that. That's my decision. Especially having gone through something like this. I say, fuck it. You do you. And that's all that matters. You grieve however you grieve. For as long as you grieve. Forever. And I never would have thought that I could get to this point where I would be able to put up those boundaries and say, no, this isn't good for me. It, I'm still grieving. Two years is not a long time to have lost your spouse so tragically. And I just want to, I want to get through the next couple weeks, which is kind of a horrible thing to say, but it is what it is. Like I said, I don't remember what I was really doing last year at this time. Just trying to exist, basically, and, and count down those days and... I dread New Year's Eve. Again, always hated that holiday. Hated even more. But I am doing a little bit better this year. And each year I think I'll get a little bit better. And I know that's what Brian would want. This year I'm doing a little bit more of celebration of Christmas. Just here at the house with Noah, my nephew. Putting up a tree, the big tree putting up lights on the outside of the house, watching Christmas movies, things that I always loved. I loved Christmas. Brian let me indulge in Christmas decorating and all things Christmas. And it's just as hard now. It's really hard. It completely changed my outlook on the holidays and how 
commercialized. It really is. Because I remember just saying over and over again, all I want for Christmas is for Brian to come home. And that's just the way it is. I I don't want anything materialistic. I want to be surrounded by my loved ones. I want to make good memories. I want to live my life for myself and for Brian for the life that he didn't get to live. So I know I have to get back to things that I enjoyed. And those that includes Christmas and celebrating Christmas and Hanukkah. And maybe not New Year's Eve. I'm <laughs> just bleh. That day really sucks. <laughs> but I I will get there. I will definitely get there. And I know he's with me. And he's happy to see that I'm taking those steps towards being jolly <laughs> for Christmas. I'm going to wrap it up for this session. I'm sure I will be talking with you all again soon. Take care. Thank you.